for the real murderer had led the children directly into the arms of Professor Rattigan, brilliant, ruthless, and recently a fugitive from prison. Professor Rattigan had stolen the kids when they were young for his twisted experiments. Now he wanted to use the children to help rebuild his empire. They had barely escaped him, and for two months had lived in fear of his return. But it had been more than sixty days, and still no sign of him, so they were at last starting to relax. No more shrunken heads, Mr. Dumfrey corrected him, wagging a finger in Thomas's face. This is altogether different. I'll need to pay a visit to our old friend Eckelberger right away. Freckles, Pippa exclaimed. She had known Herr Eckelberger since she was little more than a toddler, and had invented his nickname then when she was unable to string together the long series of syllables that made up his name, and had instead shortened them into a word her tongue could find its way around. We haven't seen him in ages. I never thanked him for the present he sent me, Sam said. For Christmas, Herr Eckelberger had sent him an impressively realistic bust of Sam's head, crafted entirely out of candy. Much of the head had been cannibalized by now, so that only one half of Sam's candy face remained, along with a single jelly bean where his left ear had once been. And I never returned the book he lent me, Thomas said. The Hidden World of Mathematical Proportions. Please, Mr. Dumfrey, Pippa said. Can we come? Mr. Dumfrey consulted his pocket watch. All right, then, he said. Run along and get your shoes on. Our dear old Freckles is a very busy man. Siegfried Eckelberger, nicknamed Freckles, was the closest thing to a grandparent Thomas, Pippa, and Sam had ever known. And Pippa found that even the thought of visiting him lifted her spirits enormously. For weeks, she had been dogged by a nasty, lingering feeling of unease, a feeling kind of like turning a corner and realizing you were lost. More than ever, she found herself thinking of the parents she had never known, obsessing about them, wondering whether they were still out there and still looking for her. She knew why, of course. Until a few months ago, she'd always believed that her parents had abandoned her because she was different. But she knew the truth now. She'd been taken from her parents, stolen as a child by Nicholas Radigan, deranged scientist, to be the guinea pig in one of his terrible experiments. She hadn't been born different. She'd been made different. Her parents hadn't gotten rid of her. Which maybe, just maybe, meant they might want her back. As they walked, Mr. Dumfrey told Max all about Eckelberger as they left the museum and ventured into the heat, which was as wet and heavy as the slap of a dog's tongue. A famous sculptor, Eckelberger had once traveled the whole world, molding portraits of queens and dictators, business tycoons and baseball players out of plaster and wax. He had shaken hands with Al Capone and once, famously, lost a game of bridge to Winston Churchill. He also did work for the police department, 
creating sculpted busts of wanted men based on the descriptions of their victims. One such model had been used to capture the notorious necktie strangler of Staten Island, Sergio Voss. One of Pippa's favorite stories involved Freckles' involvement in a government plot in Belgium. Freckles had saved the day by smuggling a critical document from one person to another inside the wax head of Thomas Jefferson, thus saving the country from ruin. To this day, Monsieur Cabillot, the children's pinhead tutor, and a Belgian, could not see Herr Eckelberger without saluting. But now he was nearly eighty-five years old, and though he was as smart as ever and as capable with his hands, he hardly ever left his studio anymore. You'll see, Max, Sam said reassuringly as they made their way with Dumfrey through the bustle of Times Square. You're going to love him.